contains the good of all of those previous teachers. Anything that they had that's good, he had the contemplative life of the Buddha. I mean, he went to the cave. He had the mosaic tradition of Moses. He brought a Sharia, a Namus that came to Moses. And the Old Testament says, we will raise a prophet like unto thee, meaning Moses. And the prophet is far more like unto Moses uh, than Jesus was. Jesus abolished the law, according to Romans 9. I mean, there would be arguments about that. Certainly, the Muslims might not agree with that. But most Christians, that's their understanding, is that the Mosaic law was really abolished. And then he has the Jesuit sensibilities in the Prophet are stunning. I mean, he forgave his enemies. And anything that was personal, he forgave. When he became a ruler, he had to rule. Rulers, you know, they can't forgive the wrongs done to others. It's not their prerogative. They can forgive the, the wrongs done to themselves, but they can't forgive the wrongs done to others. So people fail to see that in Mecca, he's very much Christ-like. And then in Medina, the mosaic uh, characteristics come out because he's a ruler and a statesman. But then he's an extraordinary general. He had amazing military sensibilities, particularly in a humanistic, uh, really Chinese way. Like, I think he's much closer to somebody like Sun Tzu than he is uh, to somebody like, you know, Patton or Sherman. He would always try to avoid war, which was Sun Tzu's, you know, the greatest generals are the ones that win by not fighting. And that was certainly the Prophet Sims always his first choice was to avoid uh, fighting. And out of the so-called battles, they're not, they're improperly termed battles, the Ghazawat. They really should be translated military expeditions. But in those military expeditions, the vast majority of them were to protect trade caravans because he really understood the importance and the necessity of commerce. And the Prophet God made him professionally a merchant because the highest and most beneficial of all the worldly endeavors are those of the merchants. Everything that we have, you look around, everything is all from merchants. And what goes into commerce is so stunning and extraordinary. You know, Adam Smith's remarkable work, which they call the wealth of nations, which is really not what he titled it. He titled it an inquiry into the wealth of it, like how do nations become wealthy? And he understood they become wealthy by commerce and doing it in the best way, allowing free markets. And that was the Prophet The Prophet was the ultimate free market advocate, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I mean, this now, this to see Muslims like talking about like socialism, like really socialism? I mean, these ideas are so alien to Islam. And now we see young Muslims completely drinking this Kool-Aid that they've been given without thinking, without really understanding it, without studying it deeply, without understanding where these ideas come from, what they're about. Private property is one of the six universals in the Islamic tradition that's protected. And socialism is a crime against private property.